in Christ Jesus. And the things that you have heard from me among many witnesses. Commit these things to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. You therefore must endure hardship as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. No one engages in warfare and entangles himself with the affairs of this life that he may please him who enlisted him as a soldier. Now I want to turn over to uh, Joel chapter 3 this morning. If you don't have your Bible, you can catch the screen up here. I'm going to read this and then we're going to pray together uh, this morning. Joel chapter Three, not a passage of scripture that we always teach out of, but felt like this is what the Lord has for us this morning. Joel chapter three, verse number nine. It says, "Proclaim this among the nations." Proclaim just means declare or shout or don't be silent. Prepare for war. Wake up the mighty men. How many y'all think we need to wake up some mighty men? My God, get up. Wake up the mighty men. Let all the men of war draw near. Let them come up and beat your plowshares into swords. What's that mean? Well, you know, you got a plow, blah, blah, blah. Well, it wouldn't be a blah, blah, blah. It would be a yah, mule, yah, mule. And you've got a plowshare here. And he's telling them, he's saying, uh, the instruments that you use for investing in the temporary things of this world, I want you to beat those into instruments to affect the kingdom of God. He says, Beat your plowshares into swords and make your pruning hooks into spears. Let the weak say, I am strong. Assemble and come, all of you nations, gather together all around. Uh, all around. Cause your mighty ones to go down, O Lord. Let the nations be awakened and come to the valley of Jehoshaphat, for there I will sit all nations around me. Put in the sickle, the third, third tool here he's saying uh, to use. What's for? He says, put the sickle in because the harvest is ripe. I mean, y'all know the harvest is right. Come, go down, for the wine press is full, the vats overflow. Wickedness is great. I mean, y'all know there's wickedness great right now. And he says here, verse 14, he says, Multitudes, multitudes are in the valley of decision. Very powerful. For the day of the Lord is near. In the valley of decision, the sun, the sun and the moon will grow dark and the stars will diminish their brightness. But the Lord will roar from Zion. Don't you just like that? God ain't no sissy. He just says, Rawr. man, he's just about to get nasty. He says the Lord's going to roar from Zion and he will utter his voice from Jerusalem and the heavens and the earth will shake. But the Lord will be a shelter for his people and the strength of the children of Israel. Let's pray this morning. Thank you, Father God, for your word. I thank you, Lord, for the next few moments that we uh, have, have no desire to hear uh, from a man or just hear some words. But, God, that we have all the desire of our heart to hear from you. That we pray, Father God, for us to be shaken at our core, that our inner man be strengthened and, and that be enlightened in wisdom to come. I thank you, Lord, for uh, your words this morning. I pray, Father God, for us to hear and to see what you're saying today to this generation, to our church. In Jesus' name, everybody said. Amen. Here this morning, uh, I'm going to, uh, we're going to be looking at uh, uh, some soldiering things. 
How many of y'all know what it means to be a soldier? Anybody? Yes, sir. Uh, Tomorrow's Veterans Day, and I'll be quite honest, uh, just studying and getting ready for this. Man, I just got a brand uh, new, all over again, appreciation for the badness of our military, for the badness of the people that are willing to serve and fight. Man, some of the things that that I I watched, you know, those 482 people that were prisoners of war for years and years, and John McCain's laying there, and they're videotaping him. He's black and white, his lips quivering. They've got him tied down. And, and he's saying, he's crying. He's saying, I want you to tell my wife uh, that I love her and that I miss her. And he's crying. And then the guy there, he says, are you going to tell us what, what we want to know? And he says, no, sir, I'm not going to tell you what you want to know. And he says, you're going to have a bad afternoon. And then it shows John McCain, of course, now he's about 70. And he says, and I did. In other words, you just know, he just says that they defamed us, that they humiliated us, that they tortured us mercilessly, that they starved us day after day, month after month, year after year. But he said, but we had one goal, and that was to return with honor. He said our only goal was they could rob us of everything. But he said we refused for them to rob us of our honor. He said whenever we got off the plane, we wanted America to know, and we wanted the enemy to know that you can take a lot of stuff but there's something that you can't take and the whole movie is just called return with honor and it just documents these guys that went through tremendous adversity tremendous pain and suffering but they returned with honor so i know cody is a veteran if there's any other veterans i'm telling you that, that we're incredibly indebted uh, to you and to uh, we're incredibly indebted to, to to those that are fighting in the war in this generation but in the generations past i'm telling you that that, that they've that they've given a lot so uh, that, that, that they've they've sacrificed a lot this morning i want to talk to you uh, and it's not going to be real flowery i know a flower there's some messages that are just flower aren't they rosy it's like god that just that warms my spirit <laughs> this ain't it it's not it's not going to be one of those if you've been here the past few weeks, uh, we've been talking about our need for each other. God created Adam. He put him in a garden. He, 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 put, he, he, gave him, uh, he told him where all the gold was. That He gave Adam a place. He gave Adam a purpose. He said, Adam, I want you to name all the animals. Everything Adam needed, he, he gave him perfect health there was no deadness in his body unfortunately all of us are covered with dead skin cells and you can you can loofah it but they gonna come back there's deadness in you but adam didn't have a dead cell in his body no dead ends all the ladies say amen Nothing to trim off, nothing to cut. He was perfect in his body, in his mental faculties. He named a million species of animals mentally, physically. He's in the purpose of God. He's in the place of God. And yet God said, in order for you to do what I've called you to do, you can't be alone. You won't be able to accomplish your purpose alone. So God gave him Eve, and we saw all the way through the word of God, our need for each other, that you need people around you. I need people around me, that we can't fulfill the will of God without people. And, and many in the past few weeks, we've seen that, that the Bible says that the church is, is so wonderful. The church is, is like a building full of living stones, and rough diamonds come out of the earth, and they have to be cut on and polished. And there's 58 facets on the typical 
biblical stone and every one of those facets came through pain on that stone and God takes us rough and he hones us and polishes us and beats on us and cuts on us until we are a precious stone and then the Bible says he sets us in a building of living stones and from that we see that, that God cares about us he loves us the Bible says that God is Jesus is our shepherd and he cares for us and takes care of us and we're the sheep of his pasture and he leads us beside still waters and he anoints our head with oil and all this just good and rosy oh man so the, the Bible says that the, 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 the church is like a flock the church is like living stones the Bible says that the church is like a body your body has nine different parts nine different systems the endocrine system, the lymphatic system, the nervous system, the circulatory system, all of these nine different systems make up your body. How you glad you got all nine? How many of glad you got your veins today? Amen. Yes, Jesus. How many of glad you got your skeletal system today? Amen. Yes, sir. You'd be kind of limp if you didn't. Now, all nine of your systems fit and work together, and, and, and they, they accomplish a purpose. And the Bible says that the church is like a body, that there's lots of different systems, and they're all working together. And some of the parts you don't think you need, that tonsil. Why is that tonsil there? Jesus cut the tonsil out. No, but Jesus said, you can't say that. I can't say to the hand, I don't need you. No, part of the body, we see in that analogy that we're all needed. So the church describes itself as lots of different things. You're a body, everybody's needed. You're a flock of sheep, you're fluffy and happy and there's still water and that's all good. You're a living stone that gets polished and all that. But here the Bible says that, that, that we're like soldiers. And that's where the flowery kind of ends. Because here, if you look in First Timothy, or where we just read, he told Timothy, he said, and Timothy, he says, I want you to endure hardness as a good soldier. In other words, Timothy, you're a part of a rank or a body of believers that's going to have some adversity. And there's going to be some toughness. And he actually says, prepare for war. There's going to be some difficult things that are going to come. But he says, if you had just go ahead and put the attitude in you that life gets tough and there's hard things and decisions have to be made. But whenever you don't just see yourself as a living stone or a big, fat, fluffy sheep, you actually have to sometimes put yourself in the mindset that this is a war but the Bible says that we don't wrestle with flesh and blood but that we wrestle with uh, principalities and powers and spiritual wickedness in high places in other words our fight is not with people but there is a fight that there are angels and there are demons but God's given us some weapons so I want to talk to you show you this morning just a few weapons of the army the attitude of the army and uh, the words of the army. And then whenever I say army, I'm talking about just soldiers in general. I mean, y'all know there's five branches of the military in the United States. Anybody know the five, the Pentagon? Anybody? What's wrong with y'all? American history. Y'all come on. Yeah, that's right. So, so there's five different branches of the military, but all of them function pretty much the same way. I mean, I know there's some people in authority, and then under those, it comes down. I mean, I know Jesus is the head, and he gives assignments to his people, and it's our responsibility to carry out those assignments. So I want to challenge you, or I want to encourage you along those three things this morning. The attitude of a soldier, and I actually, I had so much fun, uh, I... I got to print out or I put up 
uh, I want you to put some of the creeds. How many of y'all know each branch of the military has a creed? Y'all know what that means? It's something that they declare and that they live by. And as I'm reading these creeds, I realize that we should at least live up to the United States government a system of morals and ethics and dependability that the government has. If God says that we're like a soldier, that we should prepare for war, then, then I just want to show you some of their creeds, the things that they live by. So if you got the ranger creed, put the ranger your creed up there oh my goodness i just fell in love with these people all over again just look how awesome these people are the ranger creed this is what they say about themselves this is what they declare he says proclaim some things so this is what these guys this is the way that they see each other and he says i recognize that i volunteer as a ranger i fully know that the hazards of my chosen profession i will always endeavor to uphold the prestige honor and high spirit decor of my ranger regiment i acknowledge the fact that as a ranger that i'm a more elite soldier who arrives at the cutting edge of battle by land sea and air i accept the fact that as a ranger my country expects me to move further faster and fight harder than any other soldier i never shall fail my comrades i always keep myself mentally alert physically strong morally straight and i will shoulder more than my share of the task come on y'all think we need some of them in the church Come on, I believe whenever he says you need to endure hardness like a good soldier. He's not talking about a, a one-legged soldier whose gun's all dirty and all raggedy. No, I believe that the same code that these people live by in our own government, we should at least rise within the church to that level. Come on, I know ain't nobody going to run around the church today. But that's all right. I gallantly will I show the world that I am specially selected. How many of y'all know you've been specially selected? And you are a well-trained soldier. My courtesy is to superior officers. I have neatness of dress. And the care of my equipment shall set the example for others to follow. How many of y'all think we need some of that in the church? The way I care for my family is an example to other people. I energetically will I meet the enemy of my country. You don't see that a bunch. Can you imagine interject? There's the enemy. Ah! Just going right out, baby. Just attack. He says, I interject energetically. I meet the enemies of my country. I shall defeat them on the field of battle. I am better trained and I will fight with all my might. What did David do? All his might, baby. He says, I surrender is not a ranger word. Surrender is not a Christian word. Surrender is not a Christian word. It shouldn't be. I will never leave a fallen comrade to fall into the hands of the enemy. Come on, just let that go ahead and get in your heart. It's not just soldier United States government here stuff. Come on, I believe that needs to be imprinted on our own heart. I will never leave a fallen comrade. Why? Because he said that there's multitudes in the valley of decision. Multitudes. He says surrender is not a ranger word. I will never leave a fallen comrade in the hands of the enemy. And under uh, no circumstances will I ever embarrass my country. Very man. I mean, I just want this to just sink into the church. 
Come on, there's just an honor about Christians that says, I refuse to embarrass Jesus Christ. I, I refuse to embarrass my wife. I, I refuse to embarrass my kids. I refuse to embarrass my country. Readily will I display the intestinal fortitude required to fight on the ranger objective and complete the mission, though I be the lone survivor. All right, I got just a couple more I want to read you. This is the Navy SEAL. How many of y'all think Navy SEALs are bad to the bone? Don't you just like all those movies? How many of y'all seen that one where they go in and kill Osama bin Laden? Isn't that just like the greatest movie? just makes you just want to go get a gun and do something awesome? Do something radical? Well, not like crazy radical, but you know what I'm saying? Like you just watch that and you're like, man, I want a Humvee. Man, I want one of them. Man, yeah, well, here, here this is their creed. This is the Navy SEAL creed. He says, I will never quit. I persevere and I thrive on adversity. My nation expects me to be physically harder and mentally stronger than my enemies. If knocked down, I will get back up every time. I will draw on every remaining ounce of strength to protect my teammates and to accomplish our mission. I am never out of the fight what's all this have to do with well the first thing here as i told you i want to talk about attitude and can't you just sense or you feel the sense of attitude and pride that these people carry themselves with they have a swagger that they didn't get from old spice this stuff don't come in a bottle baby that they have a swagger that they've gotten from experience from training and a lot of it has just been uh, it's been it's been beat into them by other people but they carry themselves with an attitude that's just unrelenting paul told timothy he said gird up the loins of your mind in other words he says you need to fortify your brain because if you listen to your brain it will tell you that you can't that you should quit that you should be afraid that you're not able but god told uh, paul told timothy he says gird up the loins of your mind because you're a royal priesthood a holy nation and you've been called out of darkness into his marvelous light over and over and over again we have scriptures that say uh, uh, God's not given us a spirit of fear but of power and of love and of a sound mind that, that we're more than conquerors through him who loved us and gave himself for us and this is the attitude that these people have and this is the attitude that we as Christians should have come on there should be a I'm 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 deadly it should be a part of you that's just like the, the devil doesn't want me around because I will hurt him. Come on, just a swagger, just a something about you that's not, I just show up to church or I just do this and I'm just apathetic. No, these people are on purpose and they're on a mission and it's bigger than just themselves. It's bigger. It's a global mission. It's a, it's a, they, they, they carry the weight of, of the whole nation on their, so, on, on their, on their shoulders. And I love them. I got one more I want to read you. The Airborne Creed. How many of you know who the Airborns are? Airborne Ranger? That's the ones that jump out of the planes. I am an airborne trooper, a paratrooper, and I jump by parachute from any plane in flight. Well, amen. <laughs> Give me a plane and I'll jump off. I mean, just to, just to throw, 
just, just, just willing to do whatever it takes. Give me a plane, I'll drop off. He says, I never surrender, though I may be the last. My goal is peace and war to succeed in any mission of the day or die if need be. I belong to a proud and glorious team. I mean, I think you belong, you belong to a proud and glorious team. Come on, he says, I am the airborne. I am the army, and this is my country. I am its chosen pride to fight where others may not. And I go to serve them until the final victory. I am a trooper from the sky. I am thy nation's best. And in peace, I will never fail anywhere, anytime, anyway. The, the second thing I want to uh, mention outside of attitude is words. Can't you see that these people carry their language in such a way that, that it goes along with the life that they leave? That, that they, whenever they speak, Constantly they're saying, this is who I am. This is what I do. This is what I'm capable of. And there's no, uh, there's no wine in them. I mean, I wish the Christians would get the wine out. Not the wine, but the W-H-I-N-E. There's no wine in these people. And when Paul told Timothy to endure hardness as a good soldier, he just said, baby, if you've got to jump out of a plane, then strap up and get to it. Whatever it takes, he says, just be willing to do it and get the wine out. So there's three people that really that you have to talk, you have to talk to. The most important conversation you ever have is with yourself. The most important conversation you'll ever have is with yourself. What's that mean? Well, you have to talk to yourself. Let me ever talk to yourself sometimes. Can't you see these guys? They're about to jump out the plane, and their mind is saying, Don't jump. Don't jump. They're about to land in enemy. They're about to be shot at. Don't do it. Don't do it. But they say, I, I, I tell my body what to do. Rather than my body tell me what to do. My mind doesn't tell me what to do. I tell my mind what it's going to do. And and they school themselves or they tell themselves who they are, what they have, what they're capable of. You remember whenever David, the Bible says that David's, David's child was about to die. I mean, I remember that story. The baby's about to die. David's king. He's a man after God's own heart. And the Bible says that David put on sackcloth and ashes. Y'all know what that means? He took ashes and rubbed them all over his face. And he took off his royal clothes and he put on uh, sack clothes. How many of y'all, your parents made you clothes out of sacks? You did? Brittany, you're my sister. (laughs) Really? I didn't know you wore sacks sackcloth and ashes David took off his royal clothes and he put on ashes he put on sackcloth and the Bible says that for seven days he begged God he prayed to God he said God please don't uh, please don't let my child die please don't let my child die but the Bible says that David's child died after seven days but the Bible says that David washed his face what he do? He's washing off the morning. He washes all that ash off of his face. The Bible says he puts his royal clothes back on. And then the Bible says that David encouraged himself in the Lord. What's that mean? David just took a moment and talked to himself. And he said, I will not fail. I will not quit. If God is for me, it don't matter who's against me. And, God, and he started having a conversation with himself. Have you ever had that conversation before? 
Anybody? You ever had that conversation with your marriage? You had that conversation with your kids. You see your kids going off to do, do things that they, that they shouldn't be doing. And now your conversation comes down to uh, you have a choice as to the words that you speak. And here David, he just says, I'm going to say what God says. I'm going to line my words up with him. You got you to gotta, you gotta get those words going the right direction. The second area of words is your assignment. God speaks things to your heart. How many of God's ever told you something in your heart? How many of y'all know that if you're, uh, if you're under authority, I was in the military for a few years, and uh, whenever they tell you to do something, you don't say no. How many of y'all know that? If you ever been in the military, Cody, been in the military, do you tell them no? Get down, give me some push-ups. I don't feel like they will come unhinged, come unglued. I mean, they, they will, that, I'm telling you, whenever I showed up at, at basic training, it was about that they make you come in at about 2 o'clock in the morning because they don't want you to be well rested. So that you, you, you pull in and, and they get you and, and you come off of the bus and you, they make you carry your duffel bag with all of your junk in it. And the minute you get off the bus, you think, oh man, what am I about to get myself into? And they go to hollering and screaming and they take your bag and they dump it all out and then they bring you out back and they make you do front back goes or they smoke you is what they call it. And a front back go is you got to do push-ups, then you got to do scissor kicks, and then you got to run in place. And after they do that for two or three hours, then they bring you inside and they do it some more and set they do it in this room because you're already sweaty. And the sweat, the condensation starts dripping off of the seal that's how nasty it gets in there why are they doing that to you well because you're an army you're in the army and you're you're a soldier and that's that's the commanding officer that's what he told you to do and throughout the word of God there's words that God tells you to do he gives you assignments in your heart how many of y'all know God doesn't want you to say no God tell you I want you to go over there and reach that person no no, come on, we got to endure hardness as a good shoulder. I want to read this one passage of Scripture in Matthew chapter 8. How many of y'all familiar with this? Y'all know where I'm going? Matthew chapter 8, the centurion. Babe, how am I doing on time? Yeah, I got to hurry. Matthew chapter 8. Verse number 5, it says, When Jesus entered Capernaum, a centurion came to him, pleading with him. And he said, Lord, my servant is at home, paralyzed, dreadfully tormented. And Jesus said to him, I will come and heal him. How many of y'all think Jesus is willing? Don't y'all like Jesus because he's willing? He says, listen, I have a servant that's totally paralyzed. And Jesus says, I will come and heal him. Jesus didn't say once he gets his life right, once he gets things in order, once he behaves after he's gone to church for three months. No, Jesus says, he says, I'm going to come and I'm going to heal him. But let's see what the centurion and the centurion here is a soldier. Centurion is somebody that has a hundred people under their command. So this centurion is a Roman soldier. The centurion answered and said, Lord, I'm not worthy that you should come under my roof. Now, if you just look at that one word, Lord, that centurion is a Roman. And what that means is, is that Roman could tell a Jewish person what to do. The Jews were subject to the Romans. So a Roman could tell any Jew, go do this, go make this happen. And that Jew has to listen to that Roman. But here we have a Roman colonel, a Roman general that is speaking 
to Jesus, a Jew. And the first word out of his mouth is Lord. In other words, he says, I recognize that I'm not the one in authority here. I recognize that there's some authority that's even higher than the Roman government. I recognize that there's some supreme authority that's greater than the United States government. He says, I recognize that you're Lord. I'm not the boss. In the natural world, I may be the boss. At my company, I may be the boss. At my family, I may be the boss. But at this time, you're the boss. You're the Lord, and I'm under your authority. He values Jesus' words. And he says, I'm not worthy for you to come under my roof, but if you will just speak a word. Everybody say word. If you will just speak a word, my servant will be healed. For I am a man under authority. I have soldiers under me, and I say to this one, go, and he goes. And I say to another one, come, and he comes. And to my servant, I say, do this, and he does it. And when Jesus heard this, he marveled and said those who followed, as surely as I say to you, I've not found such great faith in all of Israel. What did this soldier understood? He understood that whenever Jesus said something, that that was the way it was supposed to be. He understood that whenever Jesus said something, he declared something, that that was the law. Come on, whenever Jesus speaks to you, whenever he tells you something to do, just fall in, just get in line, obey Jesus, obey the master. The last, the, the third thing I want to tell you after attitude in words is weapons. Y'all know you got some weapons. Y'all know you have some weapons. Come on, Jesus didn't just leave us down here with a pellet gun, a slingshot. No, you absolutely have some weapons. He wouldn't have said that to endure hardness as a soldier without some weapons. Come on, we've been left with some weapons. Jesus said, my name, I'm going to leave with you. And at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow, every tongue confess that at the name of Jesus, demons flee. At the name of Jesus, angels go into operation. He says that you can lay hands on the sick in my name and they'll recover. You can cast out devils in my name. Come on, in the, with the name of Jesus, we have a tremendous advantage. We have a tremendous weapon with the blood of Jesus, just another weapon that we have in the old testament they put the blood over the doorpost of the home and the death angel couldn't come in it's not that the death angel didn't want to come in but that blood is a supernatural weapon that we've been given and we have the word of god which is a supernatural weapon come on you got to see this thing as a weapon Come on, I know this ain't, come on, I know that we've done some flowery messages that are real sweet, and I know that this one is a little bit rougher in that it kind of maybe challenges you. But come on, I want you to leave today with an attitude. I want you to leave with an attitude of, I'm not just trying to get through, I'm going over. Come on, that victory is in your blood, it's in your bones. And I want you to understand the words that you speak to yourself, they matter. The words that come from heaven, that you need to obey them. Come on, these words help us get over. And I want you to know you got some weapons. Come on, some of you only been saved like a week. You're like, man, I don't even know what you're talking about. The blood, that's disgusting. Yeah, you remember thinking that, blood, this is horrible. What kind of religion is this? Come on, the Old Testament, they would sprinkle everybody with blood whenever they would go to church. I mean, I'm glad we don't do that today. I mean, I'm glad I don't line you up. I'm just like, killed this deer last night. 
Yeah, sure. It's the pig blood. No, man. Come on, you don't have to do that. But come on, you have some weapons. I want you to have an attitude. I want you to know your weapons, and I want you to watch your words. I love this here. This is the Marine's Rifle Creed. Put that one up there. It's just delicious. Look at this. This is my rifle. There are many like it, but this one is mine. I like to say that about my Bible. This is my Bible. There are many like it, but this one is mine. My Bible is my best friend. It is my life. I must master it as I must master my life. My Bible without me is useless. And without my Bible, I am useless. I must fire my Bible true. I must shoot straighter than my enemy that is trying to kill me. How many of you got an adversity? You got an enemy. Come on, but you got a weapon. Come on, the Bible says the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they're mighty through God. Come on, this thing's mighty. The Bible says that this thing is sharper than any two-edged sword. What's that mean? Well, back then, the sword was the weapon of the day. And you could sharpen that thing as much as you want, and it could have two edges. What's that mean in 2013? Listen, right now, they got missiles that they can shoot 100 miles away and hit a dime. Boy, man, that's an amazing weapon. But I'm telling you, this weapon is more precise, that it's more powerful, that, that, that it can, the Bible says, that, the, that, that it is sharper than, it, than any two ever just sort that it's able to divide asunder between the soul and the spirit, the joints and marrow. What's that mean? That means this weapon knows how to reach out of the seen into the unseen, rearrange things in the unseen, cut a devil's head off, and then it affects the things that are totally seen. Listen, this is the baddest weapon on the planet. It's what we're holding. He says, put, put it back up there. I got I to gotta finish. My, my, my rifle and myself know what counts in this war is not the rounds we fire, the noise of our burst, nor the smoke we make. We know that it's the hits that count. So good. Come on, you can go to church, you can roll around on the floor, you can hallelujah, thank you, Jesus, lift your hands, do a lot of stuff. But he says, man, look how sweet. He says, it's not the noise that counts, it's the stuff that we do. We will hit, my rifle is human, even as I, because it is my life. Thus, I will learn it is as a brother. I will learn its weaknesses, its strengths, its parts, its accessories, its sights, and its barrel. I will ever guard it against the ravages of weather and damage as I will ever guard my legs, my arms, my eyes, my heart against damage. So good. He says, I will keep my rifle clean and ready. We will become part of each other. We will before God, I swear, this creed. My rifle and myself are the defenders of my country. We are the masters of our enemy. Glory to God. We are the saviors of my life. So be it until victory is America's and there is no enemy but peace. Come on, you got some weapons. But the way you value your weapons, the way you know your weapons, the way you use your weapons. Come on, I got guns at my house I never use. I got guns at my house I don't know anything about. But listen, we have weapons that, that just like these people. Come on, shouldn't we put the same value on our weapons that a Navy SEAL or a Marine puts on his own, his own, his own gun? Come on, we need to know where our Bibles are. We, know, we need to know how to use them. 
Praise God. I know that it's not, uh, everybody's not running out of around the church this morning. But come on, sometimes you need uh, somebody, a command and offer that says, come on, wake up some mighty men. Come on, we got, well, come on, there's work to do. There's things that need to take place. God's got, God's got us. Uh, we're, we're moving into a new theater. But come on, beyond that, come on, there's people that need help. There's people that have to be reached. And no doubt we're living stones. And he hones us and he keeps us and he polishes us. And he's our shepherd and, and he leads us in green pastures. All that stuff's good. But there also has to be something in our heart, in our mind, in our mouth that says, you know what, uh, there, there, are, there is a war. There are things that are going on, but we're well able that we can possess the land. You want to say something before we I'm going to pray together. One thing real quick, what he's saying, it's, it's really important. And I, right now, if you kind of feel like, well, I'm, I'm catching the importance of that message, but I'm not sure what I'm supposed to do. I'm not sure my part to play. Like, I feel that I'm a soldier and I'm trying to figure out there's a weapon and how exactly do I use it? If, if you jump back to 2 Timothy, right where he was reading, verse 3, he said, endure suffering along with me as a good soldier of Christ Jesus. Soldiers don't get tied up in the affairs of civilian life, for then they cannot please the officer who enlisted them. And then he talks about athletes can't win the prize unless they follow the rules. A hardworking farmer shouldn't be, uh, should be the first to enjoy the fruit of their labor. And then verse 7 right here, this is what it says. Think about what I'm saying. The Lord will help you understand all these things. Yeah, good. So think about this today. Go home. If you didn't take notes, we're going to upload this message to the website, um, to our website. You can go and you can listen to just about any message. But it's good to let this roll around in your heart, roll around in your head, listen to it again. Because God's trying to say something to you. And it doesn't stop right here whenever we leave this building. So I encourage you, if you're not exactly sure, you feel like God's tugging on your heart, he's got something for you, listen to this again. Look at your notes again, because it says right here that the Lord will help you, under, help you understand all these things. Sure. Praise God. Let's pray together.